What goes up? Boy, Marie! Boy, Strictly American. Time now for Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Vaccarello. Thanks, sweetie. And thank you for tuning in to episode 164 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. It's another Valentine special. And time for another romantic voice. Joining me once again is my girlfriend, Karen. I rarely recognize the song titles or the artist names of the music Frank picks, but I recognize this one. While my parents didn't listen to the same kind of music as his parents did, Johnny Mathis was still played a lot by my mom. And why not? He has one of the most recognizable, elegant, romantic voices ever recorded, and it just makes you want to cuddle up with the one you love. So, get ready to hear a voice tailor-made for this specific holiday with Volume 164, A Faithful Valentine.
there's Johnny Mathis with the title track of this album, Faithfully, written by Burt Bacharach and Sidney Shaw. Okay, why this record for this episode? Well, to me, Johnny Mathis has a legendary voice, often teamed with romantic lyrics. In fact, I know I used his music for many weddings back in my mobile DJ days. And while he had bigger hits with songs like Chances Are and Misty, we think the album title faithfully tells a better love story. Up next, I'm the only one who knows how much I love this guy.
Nobody Knows How Much I Love You, written by Bart Howard. Oh, I think I know, babe. And I think you know how much I love you. Okay, let me tell you about my dad's vinyl I have chosen for this episode. Johnny Mathis, Faithfully, on the Columbia label number CS8219. It's a vinyl LP album stereo format, released on December 21st, 1959. Its genre is pop. Its style is vocal, and we will hear six of the 12 songs on this record. Now, there are no liner notes on the back cover, but Wikipedia had some interesting information about this album. While his previous LPs usually offered one or two songs that had not been previously recorded, that number on this project leaped to five, and although the other seven selections were established by other artists, even some of those were lesser known, such as Jerry Southern's number 30 pop hit, You Better Go Now, and the title song from the 1953 film Blue Gardenia. The album made its first appearance on Billboard's magazine album chart in the issue dated January 18, 1960, and reached number two during its 75 weeks there. It received gold certification from the Recording Industry Association of America, for sales of 500,000 copies in the U.S. on December 4, 1962. Okay, let's see what prices this record is being sold at on Discogs.com. A dollar eight for a high and a 50 cent low. That makes it a 79 cent average and median. It was last sold on December 11, 2022, for a dollar eight. Now, my dad's record is in pretty good condition. There isn't a whole lot of crackling. The legendary voice comes through clear as a bell. That's because there really aren't any marks or scratches on the record itself. The cover is in fair condition. Somewhere in a couple of tiny tears along the edges. There are also a couple of cracks in the printed material on the front. My dad did not have his address label on the front, but did have the green magic marker and the word posted stamped on the back. So, I think I'll value my dad's vinyl at a buck. Next, the first of two songs featured in the classic Bernstein and Sondheim musical about two fighting street gangs.
slowly And still the sky is light Oh, moon, grow bright And make this endless From the Broadway musical and film West Side Story, That Was Tonight, written by Leonard Bernstein and Stephen Sondheim. We will be featuring Johnny Mathis in plenty of future shows, so we're only going to scratch the surface of his life during this bio section. John Royce Mathis, born September 30, 1935, is an American singer of popular music. At age eight, his father purchased an old upright piano for $25. When he brought it home, it wouldn't fit through the front door. So that evening, Johnny stayed up all night to watch his father dismantle the piano, get it into the small living room of their basement apartment, and then reassemble it. A fellow student, whose sextet was working at the Black Hawk nightclub, brought Johnny in for a Sunday afternoon jam session. It was at the Black Hawk that Helen Noga, co-owner of the club, first heard him sing. She decided that she wanted to manage his career. In early September of 1955, Johnny landed a job singing weekends at Andy's 440 Club. After repeated attempts, Helen convinced George Avakian, then head of jazz A&R at Columbia, to see him. Avakian came to the club, heard Johnny sing, and sent the now-famous telegram to his record company, quote, Have found phenomenal 19-year-old boy who could go all the way. Send blank contracts, unquote. Starting his career with singles of standard music, Mathis became highly popular as an album artist with several dozen of his albums achieving gold or platinum status and 73 making the Billboard charts. Mathis has received the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award and has been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame for three recordings. Mathis is the third best-selling artist of the 20th century, selling 360 million records worldwide. Although frequently described as a romantic singer, his discography includes traditional pop, Latin American, soul, rhythm and blues, and show tunes. Tin Pan Alley, soft rock, blues, country music, you name it. Even a few disco tunes for his album Mathis Magic in 1979. Mathis also has recorded six albums of Christmas music. In a 1968 interview, he cited Lena Horne, Nat King Cole, and Bing Crosby among his musical influences. Mathis continues to perform live, but from 2000 forward, he limited his concert performances to about 50 to 60 per year. Mathis is one of the last pop singers who travels with his own full orchestra as opposed to a band. On January 17, 2023, a series of powerful storms drenched the hillside in front of the rebuilt Mathis home in Hollywood Hills, resulting in the collapse of the hillside crushing a silver jaguar with debris and mud. The hillside landslide cut off utilities to his hillside mansion, exposing water pipes and other infrastructure to the elements. The ground had given away in the 1400 block of Sunset Plaza during the storm. 
taking out landscaping and terrain next to the home. It remained unclear at the time of the news report exactly when Mathis would be able to return and reoccupy his home as the stability or instability of the home was not known in light of the surrounding terrain damage. We could not find an update to this story before we recorded this episode. By the way, he is still giving concerts at 88 years old. In fact, he's got a birthday celebration concert scheduled for September 28th in Stamford, Connecticut. And now, the second song we promised from West Side Story and one of my all-time favorite tunes. Maria. The most beautiful sound I ever All the beautiful sounds of the world in a single word. Maria, 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 Maria. Maria, I've just met a girl named Maria, and suddenly that name never be the same to me. Maria, I've just kissed a girl named Maria, and suddenly I found how wonderful a song can be. Maria, say it loud, and there's music Say it soft And it's almost like praying Maria I'll never stop saying Maria
Maria, written by Leonard Bernstein and Stephen Sondheim. And speaking of West Side Story, Karen and I watched it a couple of months ago. It was the first time she had ever seen it. It had been years since the last time I had seen it. It was a favorite of my mom's. I really enjoyed it and wish I had seen it earlier. Time now for this episode's interesting side note. And it has to do with Mathis and his athletic ability. At George Washington High School, Johnny was known not only for his singing ability, but his athleticism as well. He became a star athlete on the track and field team as a high jumper and hurdler and played on the basketball team. In 1954, Johnny enrolled at San Francisco State College, now called San Francisco State University, with the intention of being an English and physical education teacher. While there, Johnny set a high jump record of six foot five and a half inches. This is still one of the college's top jump heights and was only two inches short of the Olympic record of the time. Just as when he was in high school, Johnny's name was frequently mentioned in the sports section of the Northern California newspapers. In fact, he and future NBA star Bill Russell were featured in a 1954 sports section article of the San Francisco Chronicle demonstrating their high jumping skills. Russell at number one and Johnny at number two in the city of San Francisco at that time. During one meet at the University of Nevada, Johnny beat Russell's high jump attempt that day. He was often referred to as the best all-around athlete to come out of the San Francisco Bay Area. Johnny continued his studies at San Francisco State and gained additional fame as a high jumper. In early 1956, Johnny was asked to attend the trials for the 1956 Olympic teams that would travel to Melbourne, Australia that summer. At the same time, Columbia Records requested that Johnny come to New York to start arrangements for his first recording session. Clem helped his son decide that his future and the best interests were with the recording company. So Johnny gave up his chance to become a member of the USA Olympic team. He went to New York to record his first album in March of 1956. And now, here is the title song from that 1953 film we mentioned earlier. Heart. 
after the teardrops start Where are teardrops to hide I lived for an hour What more can I tell Breeze, but pressed in my book of memory. Gardenia, written by Bob Russell and Lester Lee. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. It's always fun to do these Valentine episodes with you, and I'm sure we'll be doing many more together. While my dad was into mostly jazz and classical music, he did have his romantic side, and he always was very open to it when it came to my mom. And now to finish with a song about one of the things we like to stare at at any time we can.
you appeared in a moment supreme. And as we touched, unaware were we, adrift in One Starry Night, written by Abner Silver and Sid Wayne. Starry nights are especially romantic in our lives. We are such major stargazers that we're always referring to a phone app that helps us identify heavenly bodies. 
In fact, for our anniversary years ago, I bought Frank a special poster that depicts the stars in their positions as they were on the night he first asked me out. It's entitled, Under the Stars, Our Adventure Together Began, and it certainly has been an adventure. And there you have selections from one of the most romantic voices ever recorded for the most romantic of holidays. So thanks for tuning into Volume 164, A Faithful Valentine, however you did. If you want more information about this show, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 165, Little Jazz on Horn, Part 2. Until then, go Go with with the the flow, flow, my friends. friends. 